Hey everyone, I'm Beth Vecchioni and welcome to Frontline Stories of Change. So I'm a social worker, a founder and a director of social enterprise Care to Dance and now I'm so excited to be the podcast host for this series. You'll hear from some amazing individuals and organisations who share the same mission around bringing about social change and who really want to make a big difference to children and families. They will share their stories and they give some great advice. So I hope you can join in the conversation and we can learn together along the way. In this episode, I speak to artist and rapper Rick Flo. Born in Nigeria, Rick grew up in London and Bournemouth and spent time in foster care. Rick uses creativity and his experience in the care system to encourage positivity and build confidence in young people. He talks about the workshops he set up where young people in care use creativity and write lyrics as a means of expression and communication. Finally, he talks about role models, the importance of better representing children in care and not relying on stereotypes. So hey Rick, nice to chat to you today. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you? Have you had a good day? Yeah, it's been good. It's been um, it's been busy, as I said earlier, but um, yeah, no, it's good. I'm glad to be here and doing this. Just before we talk a bit about all the great work that you do with young people, um, and I'm really excited to hear about everything. Um, I can relate to it quite well, actually, so I think we can have a, a good chat about everything. Um, I, we've asked some of our listeners to give us some examples of opening questions that they'd quite like us to ask on these podcasts. And one of them, which I quite liked, was if you were unexpectedly gifted the day off tomorrow, how would you spend it? Well, I mean... Yeah, I'll shoot my music video because it's that's my passion project, really. Music was never supposed to be a job per se, and it's literally my passion project. Um, so, yeah, that's how I'd spend it. Perfect. So, you obviously do so much great work with young people, and I was wondering if we could maybe just start by you telling us a bit more about your story and the journey that you've gone through to get to where you are today. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, So I was fostered in Bournemouth from eight years old. Um, Even the way that came about, it was was private foster care, um, which I didn't know at the time, but it was um, my mum asked me if I wanted to live in another part of London, so I come from Hackney, um, or Bournemouth. And being at that age, I didn't, you know, London to me is just school, McDonald's, and um, Hackney Sunday Market, from what I remember. So um, as soon as I heard Bournemouth, I was like, yeah, why not? Um, and um, yeah, life changed as I knew it. And private foster care was just a bit strange because I felt like, um, I didn't know at the time, but the carers wasn't definitely not as good as um, what I soon went into um, with social services. Um, so basically, they, they wasn't looking after me well. and um, when I used to go back to my mum's in the summer holiday, it, uh, it, that was a bit interesting to uh, social services. So I got moved out of the situation and to, uh, yeah, social services having more authority over the situation. Um, I went through five different placements. Um, and I would say uh, foster care got better as I went through these placements um, to the point where the fifth carers, they're family to me to this day. Um, and I'm 33 now. Gosh, I have to think about it. Um, 
yeah, the family to me to this day. And um, that, yeah, life could be very different if I didn't have the support structure that they give me. Um, that's why I call them family to, to, to this day. Just the way they've supported me, um, even beyond care. You know, the more I talk to young people or care leavers more so, they haven't necessarily got that structure. That, you know, as soon as they come out of care, that's it. They feel like they're on their own. So um, I'm lucky in that sense. Um, but yeah, fast forwarding on, because I go on tangents. Um, I went to college, study um, art and design. And then I went to university, studied graphic design. Um, came out of uni. I was like, oh, what am I going to do now? And obviously I was trying to get into the industry. It wasn't that easy, but eventually got in. And then I just didn't feel that fulfilled with graphics per se, even though I, I, I was doing, I'm doing all right. Um, and I've always loved music. I used to do talent shows at school, um, win a couple. But I never just, I never really saw it as a career per se. Um, and to be more succinct about what I'm saying, I, if hip hop is really the voice of the voiceless, I always wondered why I never heard from the perspective of someone who'd been in foster care. You know, I grew up listening to Eminem and, you know, Eminem's amazing, but if, if he had any narrative to do with foster care, it was always taking the piss out of people that had been in foster care. So I just, as I was, as a young adult, just trying to find my place in the world, I just wondered if, if I heard more from the perspective of someone who'd been in care, maybe I'd be more confident and, and comfortable in my situation. So the more I thought about the idea, I just thought, yeah, let me just write about my life. And it wasn't, it didn't, like, it feels quite not resilient but um brave now but i feel hip-hop gives you a license to just be real and honest about your life and talking about money hose and clothes wasn't really going to be the most authentic story i could tell um so um when i went about promoting it it didn't really work out how i thought um but you learn over time that it just takes a while to get into the industry but um then one day um, at Christmas, I just remember getting an epiphany saying, hey, look, um, why not email every single social services email address you can find on Google? <laughs> so, yeah, I went on Google, found about 100 email addresses, um, emailed, emailed them. Um, and I felt, I feel like about 10 got back to me. to Because I basically said in the emails, like, hey, you know, I've been in foster care and I wrote a project about my experience in foster care. The whole point of the project is to show regardless of your past, you can make a positive future. Um, and if just one young person in care listens to it and enjoys it, my job is done. So I've done that. Um, yeah, about four got back to me. Out of them four, one in particular, Swansea Social Services were like, hey, um, we love your song, Hide and Seek. Our theme for our Young Looked After Children's Awards is I Can See You, Can You See Me? It fits the theme perfectly. Um, would you mind if the young people choreographer a dance to the song? And even better, would you mind coming up to perform um, it while they've, they're doing their creativity? And I was like, oh my God, that'd be so amazing. Um, and that experience, um, not only that was just so heartwarming, it, it, it gave me confidence to know that, you know what, this is actually important because look how these young people are resonating with it. So after that, I think that was 2014, 2015, um, the, they said, could I come back the following year and help the young people write about their um, experience um, and the way I go about that is I'm not I'm not saying hey just because I've talked about my experience and care that you have to do that I'm I was it didn't I was what 23 24 when I started even thinking about that 
when I was younger, I just want to be like everyone else. I don't want to feel like I'm that different. Um, so it, we just create an open space for them to share whatever they want. It can be as lighthearted as they want. You know, they could be talking about Fortnite or whatever the cool thing is now. Um, video games, Twitch, uh, TikTok, whatever they want to talk about. Um, and we go from there. It's not about, hey, I done this, so you have to do it too. Because that's not how I enjoy music. It's, it's about enjoyment first. And then whatever we can work on beyond that is a blessing. So... That's amazing. I mean, you've gone through such an incredible, like, incredible journey, and you. Uh, I think I really loved what you said around. It's like child-led. It's led in their own time, um, and in their own sort of pace around what they would like to yeah. do in your workshops. And 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 I think you know, using creativity for myself as well is so. It's so important. Whether it's my role as a social worker or my role um, working with children in care around, um, and we use dance as a means to be creative and express emotions. You mentioned as well when you talked um, earlier on about um, the importance of people in your life and how they supported you through your journey. Um, and I know that you have an art teacher, don't you, who's really important to yourself as well. Yeah, yeah, Miss Guppy, yeah. Um, yeah, I was th- like, yeah, when I look back in the sense of, yeah, significant people in my life, I would say Miss Guppy was one of the first people that really helped me because I was very, um, I just had low self-esteem, I guess. It was, um, if, if something wasn't perfect in my eyes, I'd just screw it up. And she really boosted my confidence and said, hey, like, Rick, like, this is fine. Like, you don't have to be perfect all the time. And so I feel just the fact that she actually um, was mindful about what we liked and, um, uh, and, and helped, helped with our confidence and self-esteem was, has been something that I've taken on in the sense of listening to young people and I do um, workshops. Yeah, and I think that's a really important thing that we all, you know, we always talk about making sure that the young person is at, you know, in the heart of the decision making. It's their life. It, you know, they need to be consulted with and and they need to be they need to be leading what's going on for them really. Um, have you got any advice for social workers in particular? Because a lot of our listeners will be social workers. Have you got any advice for social workers on how to make a young person feel uh, like they're being listened to? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to make it sound complicated. I just think it's as simple as just having compassion um, and love. Mm-hmm. Um, even, I don't really mention this guy too often, but even when it came to my early life in Bournemouth, I had a football manager and he bought me, um, my fir- he bought me Will Smith getting jiggy with it on tape. Once again, that shows my age. But, but, but it was like, he knew I like rapping and he's a football manager. Why not get me a football or some cheap football boots? You don't have to get me a Will Smith tape, but he obviously saw that as my interest. And I think that that speaks volumes. I think just understanding what's, what is the young person interested um, in will, will, will open them up to you make your job easier <laughs> um, rather than, yeah, speaking yeah, down to them. Um, Definitely. And that's, that's the heart of social work, isn't it? Really? It's, it's, you know, it's showing that genuine um, compassion to your young, the young person yeah, you're working with. 100%. Absolutely. Your song, Do You, um, is incredible, by the way. I've been listening <laughs> to it. <laughs> it's so inspirational. And listening again, as a social worker, I, you talk a lot about, um, 
your message comes through around a young person not being seen as a statistic or a stereotype. And it's sort of thinking around, so you spoke about earlier that you felt really part of a family um, with your last foster parents yeah. and they, you know, they continued that as well until you're in your thirties and you're really, you're your family really, yeah, aren't you? Yeah. All of you. And it's thinking about what advice you could give to maybe other foster carers or social workers or parents to help the young person feel like a part of a family like you did yeah. rather than part of a system. Yeah. So I, yeah, I feel like hopefully the thread of what I've said about compassion and love has come through and that's it. some, some of these things feel like they get complicated, but they're actually quite simple. It's like actually make the young person feel part of your family. If you're going to go on a holiday or a, a day trip, then the, the young person is going to come with you. It's not just going to be like, all right, cool. My biological kids are going to come and then you can stay at home. I'll just go over there. Like, no, actually make them feel part of the family. So it's just treat them like one of your own. Um, and I think as long as they feel like they're part, like for me, the, the idea of the system and statistics as it only came into mind when I left, um, when I left uni, uh, so I feel if, if you really make the young person feel a part of your family through taking interest in what they like and involving them in everything that you would do if they were your biological child, then, then they won't be thinking about the system. And if they are thinking about the system for whatever reason or any past traumas, then take the time to um, talk to them and, 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 and give them comfort and, and help them with that experience I think that's really refreshing and I actually I love the simplicity because often when we do have these conversations it can be made quite complicated but actually yeah. it is as simple as what you're saying um I've yeah. heard you probably know more than me about this but I've, I've heard like there's like red tape around hugging um young people and I don't I, like I don't know the full reason why but all I've got to say is that a hug goes a long way to show that you actually care about the person. And I know some young people, because I used to be one, like, if you get hugged, it's a bit like, oh, get off me, especially around my mates. But honestly, like, they might not show that they care then, but they will remember that you actually care if you hug them. And uh, yeah, and I love that. And I have to say, I probably shouldn't say this now. We might have to edit this bit out, but I don't care about the red tape when it comes to hugs. I'm like, hey! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, but I completely agree. I think, you know, it, it, red tape can go too far. It's, um, mm -hmm. And then that can be a big barrier in when you're building a relationship up with young persons. So 100%. yeah, definitely. Do you feel like children are fairly represented? Um, I guess thinking then, more on a systemic level do you feel like they are when policy changes are made um or maybe discussions are happening in parliament or anything like that do you feel like the children um in society are being fairly represented and recognized um i just like to see more positive representation of what care leavers can be but the more i like see that you know only six percent uh, of care leavers go to university or that, that to hear these numbers is, is insane. So th th there's, there's something that needs to be sorted out and there, and, and there's, and there needs to be, yeah, more, more light shed on, you know, 
um, things that go against these statistics to to let care leavers and young people know that look anything is possible you just need the support and there's people that have been in the same similar experiences to you that have have gone to do well yeah absolutely i think it's it has a massive ripple effect doesn't it so whatever's coming out in the media well then and i think and that's why i love your music so much because you talk about you know it's it's, well it's inspirational for young people in care um, and it's inspiration to that shows that they can be whatever they want to be as they as they get older and I think and that it we do need more of that I think on the wider level and less about all the negativity and you know and whilst recognizing it and having an awareness that there might you know there are areas that need improving but actually hearing all of this great stuff that's going on um with children in care and care leavers and what they're achieving themselves I think is really important yeah there just needs to be a balance you know Um, definitely for me, networking and connecting with other people who have very similar missions is so important because it's 100%. making a collective, collaborative change movement. And when you all do it together, it's a lot more effective. Um, 100%. Yeah, and it, and it makes more, you know, it makes change for many more people around the UK. So, you know, whether you're based in Birmingham or in the Northeast or anywhere, it's children being having just more opportunities, which is what we want. How important is it to you that... Um, you help to facilitate the wider systemic change for children and young people. And what are your motivations around that? That's a good question. Initially, um, I was just open to doing whatever I can. Um, And to be honest, I I found that after a while, my my passion and my expression feels like it's best suited in music because when I was in certain boards, it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't. It wasn't motivating me to like to stay awake and just be active. Um, although I felt that it was very important to kind of to be a part of a team to um, on who should get funding and what projects the best for young people was great. But I just, I just feel I'm best suited with creative means rather than budget means. But um, I feel that like my change is more so from. I never used to say this, but just being a role model within, hey, you can be creative. Um, you can have this part, you can have a similar past to me, but you can do it. Um, and yeah, I, I just want to be a connector slash show that anything is possible through creativity. I mean, you've talked quite a bit about, um, you know, in, I guess your role with other young people and you are definitely a role model. Um, and it sounds like through, through lyrics and through being mindful of what you're writing you're then influencing many other people out there listening to your music but alongside that you're also helping young people think about their lyrics and when they're creating a story or that they're, when they're creating a, um, a piece of music thinking about the role that that might play with other young people so in a way it's essentially teaching them leadership skills really and supporting them to become a leader how can we support young people to lead change themselves do you think I mean specifically around your music as well and thinking about when they are writing lyrics yeah so it's a good question again um sometimes when you hear the idea of leadership I I think because I'm still getting used to role model leadership is that it feels like (gasps) you know, all eyes are on me. I feel like I have to be perfect to a certain extent. It's just like, it feels like pressure because no one's perfect. Um, But I would say 
we lead by example. Um, so when I hear like, for instance, a young person talk about um, knife crime, um, it's, it's a difficult one to kind of navigate because you don't want to censor them because that's their experience, but you just got to aid them to think about what is the message that you're putting out with this story? Are you glorifying knife crime or are you saying it like this because maybe on the third verse, you're going to tell them like, this is not right or yeah, or you're going to, you're going to spin the message. So it's positive. Uh, It's it's a difficult one because yeah, I I never even want to say, Oh, let's spin the message to be positive. But my, I guess even in the way I aid, that leadership is more about helping them think about what is the message you want to get across um, and aiding them with that without telling them what to do. Um, because they might just want to say it how it is and this is how it is and I just want it to be hard hitting and da da da. Um, but it's just about helping them think about, um, yeah, just so they're aware of how it might come across so that they're ready um, uh, in the sense of leading that message that they're actually saying what they want to say. And 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 to be honest, sometimes you know, like it, the way I started music, there was very few people that I could actually speak. I felt I could speak to 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 know it's the right thing to do. And you'll learn because we're not none of us are perfect. Like the way I write now is a is a lot more um, better than it was at the start. And you know, I've tried to not be not vulnerable, but try to be honest, but try and open it up to a wider audience. So I try and connect to the idea of uh, superheroes or resilience um, um, without being too personal, um, which I only found out along the way. Like at first I was just saying, look, this is how it is. I've experienced racism in care. I've experienced that, 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 and this. But then I got to a point where I was like, actually, you know what? I find it fascinating that the archetype of superheroes are either fostered, adopted, or orphans. And, I feel like in the public consciousness and in popular culture, Marvel is like on top of the world right now. So if I can get other, if I can get a bigger audience to listen to this music and connect to something that is very popular and that they're interested in, but help them think about, hey, that um, person that you know in foster care, it's not just like, oh, sob story. They're actually superheroes. They're actually the archetype of superheroes or they can be a superhero. And I, I, and I try and, yeah, I've just learned along the way through expressing that we can we can have a better message about how to go about things. Definitely, it seems like it's inspiring others and whilst also reframing any connotations that might be behind um, being in care or being a care leaver um, to be, you know, much more positive and which is reality. You know, actually there are a lot of care leavers who... Um, who have done gone on to do amazing things. I mean, thinking about some of the young people I work with with Care to Dance, they're absolutely incredible. I mean, some of them want to be become teachers and work with animals yeah. and you think and you, you you speak to them and the passion that they come come out with is it's just it's amazing. And you you know, it's something that they should really grasp, I think, definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. We don't want uh foster care and this is why I feel like a lot of people might not speak about it. We don't want foster care to hinder our future. So it's, it's definitely something that's invisible and no one wants to talk about. Um, but the more care leavers are, pr- are, are successful and proud of what they do, they, they, they never know how they're helping a young person feel confident about 
um, feel better about their situation and be like, hey, actually, I don't need to make this invisible. Like, there's power in being different and, and having resilience in my situation to go on to do great things. Definitely. No, thank you. So yeah, we've spoken obviously a lot about um, the importance of lyrics. Um, and I'm wondering if you could tell us a bit more about your song Before I'm 25 and what that means to you. When I quit my job, my, my first job um, to, to focus on freelance and uh, get more other creative opportunities, um, I said, luckily, the job were, were, were mindful about what I was thinking. They're like, hey, what do you want to do for your leave and do? Usually it's just like a free bar at the local, the local uh, bar. But um, I was like, you know what? I'd love to go skydiving. And the person that I spoke to, the fellow like, yeah, work colleague, they actually made it happen. So that was my, that was my, my leaving thing. So I went skydiving, which is like scary, but incredible. Um, and then, yeah, shortly after that, I was like, you know what? I've never met my dad. Um, let me try and create that relationship. So I sp- yeah, I spoke to my biological mum, found out my dad was in Johannesburg, South Africa. So flew there, met him. Yeah, got a bit of closure. He's a nice person. He's doing his own thing with his own family and then come back and then, yeah, <laughs> on to the next. Um, so Before I'm 25 pretty much represents that journey of just, you know what, just skydive into your, into your dreams and better yet, your fears because you find out eventually that a lot of fears are just, are just in your head. You know, we're luckily to be, well, most of us, let's say in the Western world, luckily to be in, in a shelter. It's not like we've got a tiger outside that house. Like a lot of stuff, we create this uh, this idea of that is fearful. But it's funny once you just go and step into it, you're like, oh, I actually feel better for doing this, and um, I'm I'm ready to go on to the next level. Yeah. So before I'm 25, actually, I've, this is the first time I'll be announcing it. Um, is off my album called Rebirth of the Phoenix. And the whole idea of this Phoenix is you, you, you've, you've come through the ashes, if, if people have heard the myth about, yeah, the Phoenix, and you're reinventing yourself. It doesn't matter about your past. Your past um, is for reference, not for residence. Um, let's, let's rise with our desire and our fire to, to create... Um, uh, a world that we feel that we exist in and that feels powerful to us um, through our resilience. That's amazing. It's, it's really courageous, isn't it? You can tell that it means so much to you. I love that, what you said about skydiving into your dreams and your fears. Like, that's, I love that motto. That's lovely. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rick. I love talking to you. I love like every, like everything that you're doing and um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing um, everything that you do in the future. Yeah, and, I, and I'm looking forward to, you know, I'm following you on Instagram, Care to Dance. Like I'm looking forward to, you know, that manifesting and doing great things. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.